Warning. The following podcast will contain spoilers for not only the game being discussed this week, but any games in the series, other games made by the same creative team, movies and TV shows that might be related or based on the same material or based on the game itself, movies and TV shows that might just be kind of related, pretty much anything we bring up on this show, you can count on it being spoiled, and this is your last warning. Alright, thanks for listening. Hello everyone, and welcome back to Pac-Man Search for Meaning. Uh, It's a show where we talk about video games as if they were high art, which they are. I'm Pan, they, them. Hannah, who are you? I'm Hannah. Uh, she, her. Yeah, so we had a good game this week. Official yeah. GG of the show. Classic good game. I agree. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it was Citizen Sleeper. Uh, I was surprised at how much I like it. I think I've said before, most of my favorite games are like your normal CRPGs and Western RPGs and stuff. So this was a pretty big step away from that. But really fun well not really fun actually there wasn't a lot of fun but <laughs> it was a laugh riot still very good i don't know should we just get into the what it is and then we'll talk more about it sure uh so i got a blurb it's it's not my finest blurb but we're gonna talk about this game a lot so yeah this is just the very 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 basics so citizen sleeper is a 2022 role-playing game it's from the studio jump over the age which is a one-person company developer, uh, and that one person is Gareth Damien Martin. Uh, you play as a sleeper, uh, and sleepers are, it's a robot body uh, with a digitized human mind. And at the beginning of the game, you have escaped indentured servitude uh, to this place called The Eye, which is the space station kind of outpost. And the game is you meeting various characters from kind of different groups around the station. And you must find work. Uh, You have to, like, find money. Uh, You have to get medicine. And you have to avoid capture from these agents, these entities that are from the corporation, you know, in various ways, who are trying to capture you because you are uh, you are a property your property of this uh, corporation, and they want to find you. Uh, You do, you know, the gameplay is primarily using these dice that give you a better chance of something happening. Like if it's a higher die or or it's less likely to happen if it's a lower die, there's a lot of dialogue uh, throughout the the game. And that's, that's generally like the very broadest sense of like what this game is. Yeah. Go around space station. You do work. You roll dice. You got to eat. Gotta get medicine. Yeah. Uh, stuff happens. Stuff happens. You can choose which which stuff happens. It's a classic True. video game in some ways, and not so classic in other ways. Yeah. Yeah, I guess there's a lot of ways that you can go about um, doing or not doing stuff. Yeah. There you go. Let's talk about some more. Yeah, so... <laughs> gosh, I don't know. From the start, so... Um, I guess let's first of all talk about our experience playing it, because, um, I thought it was going to be much more bleak for some reason. I didn't do a lot of research. I just heard there's a game, a spaceship, 
Yeah. And so we'll get into it. But I was very pleasantly surprised at how, like, sort of humanist, like, positive sort of outlook on a lot of stuff was coming out of this game. I agree. I feel like the game was not trying to punish you in the way that some games feel like punitive. Like, if you don't do this, then then you'll have, like, the worst outcome. If you miss this post or this, like, uh, this goal, then, like, everything's, you know, done. And there's, like, certainly times when you can't progress the story because you didn't follow the exact thing. But um, yeah. it's not quite as, like, hopeless as, I, as it sort of, for whatever reason, I felt like it might be. Um, I totally agree with that. Yeah, that was like, not only, I guess, you know, in what little I thought I knew about it going in, it seemed like it would be kind of a hopeless sort of thing. But I guess it's, um, you know, I'm just going to skip past the talking more about uh, going in, or skip past going into detail about how playing it was for me. And we'll just get into it uh, and that'll become revealed yeah. over time. Um for whatever reason, having the preconceived notion that it was kind of bleak. And then um, it starts off kind of bleak, you know, in a lot of ways. It's this very, like, dreamy. It starts with a good amount of text and sort of sound. And you're in this, uh, you get, like, options, but they're, like, fairly limited. And it's kind it's very mysterious the way it starts. Yeah, absolutely. Having it just, having it that way, it was kind of good because eventually I kind of pretty quickly, honestly, found myself kind of on a roll, I guess, and not too afraid of most things that could happen. But like starting off, I was very concerned and it, it helps that it sets you up like you're an escaped, you know, you're an escaped android with a digital consciousness and, you know, you're on the run. Everything sucks. All your friends died. And yeah. so you got to survive. And the first person you meet is seems like you're going to to like that's going to be a lifeline. And it doesn't quite turn out that way. I mean, it doesn't really turn out that way. Yeah. But you meet so many different types of people. And I, I think um, I think a big theme for me was like the sense of resilience. Yeah, absolutely. And that you can. That you can work together with people, that not everyone is, like, dangerous, but that some people are dangerous. Yeah, I mean, almost no one is dangerous is the interesting thing. Yeah, I don't don't think it's naive, and it's like, everyone's wonderful. But no, like, not everyone, and a lot of people that you think are trying to kill you, uh, don't don't kill you. (laughs) Yeah, they really don't. Yeah, it's, uh, you know, we'll probably, there's a lot to say about who it picks as villains, like Mm -hmm. who the game chooses as the villains. Um, It's all, you know, very in service of, I think, a kind of, I mean, ideology sounds a little bit too serious, but, you know, you can very much see where the developer was coming from in, you know, some um, political and, like, social views that were very obviously the point of this. Um, Mm -hmm. To finish up, like, well, not maybe not to finish up. Who knows how long this will go. But to a little more about the early game stuff, you know, I you come out of it and immediately I felt the pressure of like, gosh, you know, broke living in a shipping container. This this stranger, uh, an old man named Dragos, I think. There's a lot of characters in this. That's game. probably how I- you pronounce it, but. 
yeah. definitely spelled like Dragos. Um, yeah. You know, gets you out of whatever. I think you're in like a pod or something. It doesn't matter. You're woken up. And I guess I felt like indebted to Dragos, like from the mm-hmm. jump. And I was like, oh, God, I got to I got to get to work for this guy, which I think is. And maybe it's it's probably somewhat by design, given how in focus capitalism and like all of the nasty, you know, hooks of capitalism how much that's a point of this game that like from the start I was like gosh I I really owe this person and now I should do work for them yeah and I think also that uh he quickly kind of sets up how uh what your position what sleepers positions are in society in that he's he makes it seem like he's doing you a favor which he is he absolutely is yeah doing something he didn't have to do but it's it's not entirely like easy for him or at least it, he makes it seem like he's, it's not easy for him to help you. Right. Well, it's, it puts a target on his back. You know, he's mm-hmm. sort of in one way or another working for the corporation that you're on the run from or like, you know, contracts with them. And so yes. pretty yeah. uh, not desirable position for him to be in. And I think narratively it sets up very quickly uh, and fairly succinctly that you have a target on your back. Uh, what other people in the community might think of you, that the corporations are hostile in this way, and that it's da- it, it could potentially be hard for people to want to help you because of who you are. Yeah, and so I don't, you know, it's been a few days or a week or so. I don't remember, but, um, you know, I, I played through this game really quickly. I, I mean, all in one day, I was sort of... um. I told you this, but the listener doesn't know. Mm-hmm. It was just one of those ones, you know, where you don't have anything to do and you're just like in the headspace for a certain piece of media. And so, you know, it was very fortunate, I guess, that uh, this is the one that I had to interact with that day and just ate it right up. And it's a pretty short game. Yeah. You know, you can probably, if you're, just trying to get one ending and not play all the side quests, you know, and do this in like six hours or so. Mm-hmm. I think people are saying like another, you know, three ish hours to get everything if you're really into that. So, yeah, quick game. I I read some other stuff that people were talking about it and um, just trying to remember my own experience. And, you know, what you just said, like, I mean, you are the sleeper um, is like a. Definitely a fish out of water in a sort of vulnerable position. And um, I guess, yeah, isn't getting a lot of love from people um, right from the jump. It's, I don't know, maybe it's like just speaks to part of the heart of the game that you get past that quickly enough for it not to have really stuck with me. But um, I mean, that's not part of my like lasting memories of the game. Yeah, there's many, many people that you form, like, positive, like, friendships. Like, you would describe them as friends. Or at least, um, I don't know, like, they're like a, a positive relationship. And people do help you repeatedly throughout the game. And you help other people. Yeah. Um, it's a lot of give and take. Yeah. I wonder how it's like, I have, I guess I don't know, um exactly how it's like rewarded or not rewarded i think it's mostly just like in terms of um engaging with 
stuff and engaging with people positively or not. It's mostly just the thing that that gets you or doesn't is more of the story. Mm-hmm. And I guess, you know, okay. I mean, a game like this, there's not a ton, you know, you're not trying to get points exactly, you know, not trying to get a high score. So, I mean, if the thing is that you are trying to get more of the story, which is, you know, the thing that you want out of this game, then I guess the game is, in a sense, rewarding you for being nice and, you know, treating people uh, with empathy and uh, respect and what's the word, you know, not assuming the worst about them. Yeah, exactly. I mean, there are there. It's not like all of your options are, you know, help this person do this thing. I mean, you can essentially become like a cop. You can be trying to find. I mean, it's not all like good, um, but it 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 allows those options like to to show that different types of people are in this this place and how they're reacting to the setting like given yeah. the these resources given the the pressures on them how do they react to that um sure. and there's multiple different kind of fa- factions or like approaches to that sure we should put a pin in become a cop because i think <laughs> i know what you mean and i think the sort of become a cop side story is kind of interesting Mm-hmm. yeah but uh yeah we should talk what's the the other big thing about this game and it's especially contributes to the feeling of dread especially early in the game is clocks this is mm-hmm. like extremely a tabletop role-playing game like i mean obviously all the dice rolls that's very ttrpg and the clocks you know it's counting down to i mean eventually it's counting down to when one person is coming to, I guess, kill you or take you in. Mm-hmm. And that's just a thing that's on the screen every day that you say you get to the end of the day and you're like, well, that's one more where I'm not I'm not necessarily closer to fixing this problem. Sometimes you just have to wait for someone to be finished with something, though. Um, so sure. there's like a, a good anticipation, like, you know, your buddy's going to work on this project. And when they're done you're going to go see them. Yeah, I mean that is most of the clocks for sure. Yeah. But yeah, it's it's um there's a lot. That was the other thing early in the game with Dragos is like I was like, okay, well, this first person I know, I should do some work for this guy. I need to do work anyway. And he has a clock that's like I forget, something like death's going to be called in. Mhm. So Immediately, you're like, oh, this guy who helped me out is like has a looming threat. I got, again, it, you didn't have to do this, but my mind was immediately like, oh, well, I gotta gotta put my head down and like spend a few days working with this guy if I can, so that uh, mm-hmm. this problem doesn't happen. Because I mean, at that stage, granted, the world is way more open to the sleeper than I thought, but um, at that time, I was like, this is the only guy I know. This yeah. Is, this is my guy. I can't let can't let anything bad happen. And I, I mean, I think that's very intentional that you you have one person, you know, you're you're you know that you're not supposed to be here. Um, you, you don't have a whole lot of information to go on. And, the, you know, it seems dangerous or impossible to go outside of that um, that space in that relationship. Yeah. Or at least that early on. Yeah. Yeah. The other thing that is, you know, very 
pressing early on is it's a it's kind of an interesting mechanic and you know a lot of this game um for some reason i'm like apprehensive to give it too much credit because it is pulling on a lot of pretty classic cyberpunk tropes and stuff down to the like strong anti-capitalism stuff but i mean i think it does it especially well anyways the point is you're i don't know if we said all this already you a sleeper you're like an android with a real person's digitalized consciousness put into your brain you're the property of a corporation and your situation since you escaped that corporation is that your body is by design decaying yeah you've got I forget exactly how much, but without getting this medicine to stop this, um, I think they even use the term planned obsolescence. Yep. Which is great, you know, late stage capitalism stuff. But if you don't get the medicine to reverse that, or if you don't have the um, skill to repair your body with uh, trash, then you die in like a week i don't actually know what happens if the timer goes all the way down but yeah i, I think know. it's bad yeah you're not supposed to let that happen no and you don't get like there's there's gameplay um like it affects your ability to like have as many die right you can't have as many yeah, dice so if, you can't do as many actions on a given day yeah so your days are shorter because once you run out of uh actions you ha just have to go to sleep and yeah. start the next day. And, you know, if uh, you don't have as many die, then, I mean, you can't do... There's a number of things you have to do. Another pressing one of them is eat. Mm -hmm. You know, gotta use die to make money so that you can buy food, so that you can eat, so that you can keep keep this grind going. Yeah. Keep I don't know going. how much of, like, behind-the-scenes stuff, or, you know, if we're, like, on a sort of death-of-the-author tip, and it's, like, not valuable to take into consideration the context that this game was, like, written in. But I'm gonna do it anyway. Yeah, I think for this game it is important to know. Yeah, because, so, the brief bit I read about it was that um, the developer, Gareth, you said? Gareth Gareth Damian Martin. Three names, six letters each. Gareth Damian Martin. Um, they were like, I mean, this is inspired by their experience, like doing gig work mm -hmm. as I think uh, as a non-binary person, which is, you mm -hmm. know, your, your character, the sleeper is effectively, you know, like an androgynous robo person. So they're one of the only like humanoid characters that, um, uses they, them pronouns, I think in the game. I think there's two other humans that you meet. Um, there's the Dr. Sabine, and then later there's um, it's Essen, I think, and Bliss. And, uh, I think Bliss is just... Bliss is she, her, she, I think. Her. And then I think it's Essen or Ursen uh, is they, them. I'm looking at this. Who is Ursen? Yeah, their partner. Oh, maybe you're, t you're talking about Peak. Oh, that's maybe. right. I totally misremembered what their name is. That's who I'm thinking about. That's fine. Uh, there's someone who's like it's probably pronounced Esh Esha. Maybe uh, that I'm just mixing up their names. You know, I don't even know if we're gonna keep this part in because it's just us being confused about stuff. But I will say, yeah, I yeah. guess it's relevant um, that that is a character from a little expansion bit that I forgot to play and should get around to. But you do meet them when you you do meet them. 
yeah, when you make your way over to um, sort of one of the last like areas of the game, they're there, and you're like, hey, what what's up? And they're like, oh, everything sucks for us. You say like, oh, okay, well, I'll see you later. Yeah, and you become sort of friends, ish. Yeah, as that that's pretty much what happens with almost every character. Yeah. Um, see you but. Later. Yeah, what was I talking about? Oh, so yeah, just the last of the context. I mean, you know, it's, I mean, the inspiration and the analog to real world, like, I mean, gig work is like the epitome of this, but most work that you can do is, you know, I mean, speaking as an American um, who mostly deals with Americans in my life, um, just the grind of capitalism and mm-hmm. the sort of, loss of your your personhood and loss of meaning and you know feeling of selling your life in a in a somewhat less literal way but that's what that's that is what we're asked to do pretty much sell part of our lives so that we can do stuff like eat and be able to do other activities and yeah this is pretty straightforward like uh, yeah, it's it's a clean way to get the point across. Like you got to be on that. You got to have the Sigma grind set, I think, if you're going to make it in this world. And I think what the game does well or felt, um, I don't know, different from some other games is the the idea of these like pretty regular people. Um, these are just the uh, the the normal people who live in this place and you know some of them have like bigger jobs than others but living so precariously uh to kind of disaster or like start like starvation or not having a place to sleep um which are real concerns of actual people in our real world and not out in the space station in the middle of nowhere and these kind of mundane tasks that you're often doing in this game um to because uh, you're not doing like sword fighting uh there's no like action sequences you're collecting scraps and you're getting a mushroom uh meal from a restaurant that you go to and you, you know you're you're do- a lot of it is fairly normal life stuff um but you're still like as even when those the moments in the game where you're not in immediate danger you're still very close to uh, starving or breaking down or, you know, being caught by someone they're not supposed to be caught by. But these kind of, they're always present on the screen that this is where, this is like the status of your life. Um, And it's, it's felt kind of, I mean, it's a fairly straightforward, like uh, capitalism is bad and we're on the edge and like the brink of survival. A lot of a lot yeah. of folks, but I feel like it was it was not so. I think the the power that genre that like sci-fi or like fantasy can have is to give us a little bit of distance to be able to see these things in our real lives in a, in a different way. Yeah, and I think the game does that in a lot of ways, and the fact that that sense of it's the game isn't cruel um, and isn't trying to kill you. It isn't like the corporation. Um, the corporation is present. And these dangers are real to the sleeper and to the other, you know, characters, other pe- people, characters that you meet. 
But there's a lot of ways that the world of the game surprises you by not being terrible. Yeah. Yeah. Most of the time, just when I thought something horrible was happening, I was um, like, oh, this is way better than I thought. Uh, When you were saying that stuff, it made me think it ties in a, a, a quest line subplot of this game that ties into a couple of things that you just said. Because, like, you're right, you know, it is mostly, like, pretty normal Earth stuff that you're dealing with, finding food, doing job, uh, whatever. One of the few, like, sci-fi things, uh, inescapably sci-fi things, is you you meet someone um, whose name I might be pronouncing wrong, but I think it's Ankita, who has a spaceship that she is trying to fix because uh, that is how she makes her living, I guess. She's like a mercenary. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, spaceships, pre-sci-fi, I guess. And, you know, all the stuff, you know, you gotta... What is it? You gotta you gotta have a, a mind core. That's not what it's called. A ship um, mind? Oh, a ship mind, yeah. That sounds sci-fi. You know, a lot of the things about spaceships are gonna sound sci-fi. But it is, in essence, her car. You know, again, gig work, like... It's like if you drove for Uber Eats and your car was screwed up, you know, mm-hmm. you're you're pretty out of luck. And it um I didn't think about it until you were saying, but that whole thing, it's kind of a, you know, it's a cyberpunk example of like what people living, you know, so close to the edge are up against just in terms of like a little setback can pretty much ruin a lot of people at this level. And so this is like the equivalent of whatever someone slashing her tires or like stealing her freaking catalytic converter type stuff. Yeah. But like she's screwed. She doesn't know anybody. She's like so stoked that you show up and are helpful. And yeah, agree. You're like, is it weird that I'm just asking you to do this? I've known you for no time. Uh, and you can say like, yeah, this is weird. It's pretty uh, weird. Yeah. <laughs> Although she does eventually give you more money than you're used to seeing to, like, go buy something, I think. Unless, I think you can get it first, and then that interaction obviously wouldn't need to happen. But, um, yeah, she's, uh, she trusts you with money, which is, I, I guess I don't know the fallout from, again, I think the, really the only thing you can lose by just taking that money is you don't get to see anything else of what happens there. There's not, like, a timer on it. No. So I don't know, just to like describe my gameplay experience. I I I really enjoyed this game, but I've struggled to play it for a long time. Mm. Mostly because I don't and I'm not exactly sure what was going on. And I, I work I have a a job where I look at screens all day and for whatever reason, um I could not like read and there's a lot of dialogue and a lot of text in this game most of the game really this is most of the game there was something about like the text and the background and the way it looked that i like and you can make it bigger um but i don't know i and and for whatever reason my like attention span i couldn't play it for like a long long time um in a row i would have to like take a second to like look around or you know put my cat or whatever sure so there were some storylines that i was like i'm just gonna abandon this for to see how far i can get with the with the other storylines that i'm more interested in um and i think that's like a fair way to play the game yeah i mean it's unreasonable for most people to play most people don't go 100 percent on stuff 
Yeah. So that was one of the storylines that I started but didn't finish. And there there wasn't like a penalty for um like I think I got hurt the ship mind and then there was like the next to like go find the people who had her crew. I like never I haven't gone back to and I could. Like I could go start the uh, game and like start that storyline again. You could, yeah. Well, spoilers for that, because that it's the conclusion of that um ties sort of more into what I'm saying, I guess, about how, mm-hmm. you know, setbacks like this can make people in vulnerable positions really desperate. And it's one of the few parts of the story, the game as a whole, that was like, I was upset, not at the game, just that, you know, I, it was an upsetting bit of story. So you do, you work with her, you get the ship back up and running, basically, I think. I don't know, some some sci-fi stuff happens. And eventually she's like, okay, you got to track down the guy who ripped me off, Ashton. We're going to get that SLB, you know. And so it takes a while. It's like in the last area and you got to, you know, do some investigating and stuff. All while, you know, you're trying to do a number of other things. So it takes a while and some juggling to get that done. But um, you find him. And it turns out no matter what you do, this is basically what happens. You go down. He's like, you know, hidden in a hole with um, another sleeper, interestingly, who I guess he's in love with and needed the ship mind to keep alive. And of course, Ankita is uh, maybe not, of course, unfortunately, Ankita is pretty unsympathetic to the situation and is like, hey, I don't care uh give me that back and he doesn't want to do it there's a bit of a kerfuffle and she ends up killing him and so that's sort of what i'm talking about i mean it was it's a it's one of the lower moments of the game like this guy who you know did something that sucks but for very sympathetic reasons and did not you know have to have things go down this way but Unfortunately, you know, he made the mistake of taking an already desperate person and putting them in or an already dangerous person and putting them in a really desperate position. And bad things happen when that when that happens. Yeah, I I, to be honest, I I got to the point where it was like, go find Ashton. And I was like, I don't but I don't want to go find Ashton. Like, what are we going to yeah, do? Yeah, you know, that would have been a reasonable thing. I, I had really hoped, and maybe this is like a, one of the few knocks against the game. I feel like I should have been able to do something. But mm-hmm. I didn't think she was going to kill him. So I was like, hey, yeah, I found him. I called her on the phone. Hey, I found him. Come down and let's let's get this guy. And I thought it was going to be like, I don't know, worst case, like fight him or, you know, mm-hmm. whatever. There's not really cops to turn him into, but like something, um, which isn't really my bag. But, you know, me and Ankita had been working together and she asked me to do this. This guy. Yeah. You know, you don't know anything about Ashton. You're just like, this is some, you know, ass who like ripped off this person who is ostensibly pretty nice. Yeah. But I think that is a very good point that it is this example of she doesn't seem like a bad person. She's not like malicious entirely like that's not i wanted to help her and i was happy to like i was like this is a terrible thing that's happened to you how can i improve your situation and that that 
I think plausibly um, drives her to do something that seems outside of that initial character that you meet or like what the sense that you get from them. Definitely. And yeah, I don't know. So I think you should have at least there should have been some options to affect that outcome even mm-hmm. a little bit. But I think even if you're like, oh, no, I, I was lying. I didn't find him. Or if you don't even call her, she just shows up, I think, if I'm not mistaken. Mm-hmm. It always goes down. Like if you go into the hole to find Ashton, he ends up dead, which, you know, kind of sucks. Yeah. But that was a story they're trying to tell. And interestingly, um, to get even further down the line, kind of end game stuff. If you finish up the quest line with, uh, I guess, sort of a engineer, hacker, programmer type person named Bliss. At the end of that, she's like, oh, awesome. I got this job. Um, we're taking all of the guns off of this ship that someone has. And we're going to hit the road with them and i was like oh that's weird and then you go up there to check out the job and it's ankita and she's like very remorseful she used to be wearing armor she takes off the armor very much a changed person and you know is disarming herself and like trying to pursue a new life after you know after that whole situation so that's it's something yeah, I mean, it shows that there's there's uh, a character can be remorseful that they're you know that they can change potentially like acknowledging that they've done this bad thing, which I think also kind of goes into the whole um, that like people aren't just like one thing often in this game like you think they're one thing when you meet them and they may have uh, they may do something to surprise you later, yeah, for good or bad, yeah, yeah, okay, what else? Let's see. <laughs> oh, I had another thought. So you only get, you know, you get these dice. You you go to bed every day, and if you don't have enough of your life juice in you and you haven't gotten medicine for a while, you slowly get fewer and fewer dice, thus getting fewer and fewer things to do. Also, obviously, the mechanic is, like, dice rolls, you know, relate to um, your probability of a good outcome. Uh, and there are varying degrees of penalties that you could deal with depending on how dangerous the action is. You know, sometimes it might just be like, it doesn't happen uh, if you get, you know, if you don't meet the dice roll. And sometimes it's like you lose money, you get hurt, something happens. Um, and maybe this isn't the point, but basically the only crime you can do, since you're like an Android computer person, you can basically like hack right into the systems like you go into this mode and you see the like digital stuff and you can um go around and like steal information on people and like just do hacker stuff it's basically the only like criminal activity that you can do there is one place where you can steal but you can only steal so many times oh yeah i forgot about that <laughs> but that's and, like yeah, a the small... stealing the stealing is like yeah the direct stealing is like hey you're gonna you're going to screw yourself here because uh, yeah. they will and be unhappy it, with you. Exactly. In that same exact place, there's another option where where you don't steal. And it's uh, safer and more likely to work. So there's yeah. not really like a great incentive to steal, but you can steal. <laughs> yeah. 
But there is incentive to do this crime of hacking and stealing information yes. and stuff. And especially, I think it's, maybe it's something that it's, it's mostly low dice. You know, you see what dice you have. You wake up and you're like, well, I got a three and a one and a two today. Mm-hmm. What am I going to do? And, you know, if you're playing it cautious, like you don't want to do any major actions with a, with a one because you're, yeah. You've got like a 25% chance of anything positive happening. But for the hacking stuff, it's it's often ones and twos that you need. And it's just a straight up like if you've got a one, you can steal this information. And then whatever you need it for, you know, there's quests that you can like you need information to complete or um, you can just sell it. People are buying the information. It is the only thing, so there's, like, again, there's not cops. There is, like, effectively a gang that kind of, like, runs the streets in a slightly less evil way than that happens a lot in the real world, but it's a little bit nefarious. There's, like, kind of a government, or uh, not, like, a count, uh, the heart, what is it, the Hargrave people? Yeah, so there's, like, overlords, basically, but they're mostly, it seems like, uh, willing to just like if you're whatever's happening down with the with the freaking hoi polloi like I don't care just as long as stuff isn't getting bad for me up here with the with the other rich folk and you do butt up against that in an interesting way but um I was gonna say the other like cop thing is that uh there's like when you're hacking there's you know security protocols that as you do it more, you know, you basically, you can only do it ever, like, so many times uh, before you have to interact with this um, hunter program that, you know, goes after people doing bad hacking stuff. And so, you know, that's like a looming threat if you want to engage in that specific brand of uh, unsavory behavior. And it can, like, see you. It's very... I, I think they made that very spooky uh, in, in like, the tendrils and the... Um, yeah, very spooky design. Yeah. You do eventually... Another fun character that you can meet is... Um, there's, like, a sentient vending machine that you can find via hacking. And then it asks you to do a lot more hack stuff so that you can... Um, like yeah, I don't know. It's it's game stuff. You gotta get some objects and do. You gotta put them here and here and here, and it takes your energy for the day. But eventually, you know, it takes you up to this like showdown between you and the program that runs the vending machine, which is like a. It's a basically you know another escaped like. It's more of a. It's an explicitly artificial consciousness rather than like a emulated consciousness but whatever it's a computer thing uh that is very nice and lives in a vending machine and helps you fight off this hunter program and destroy it and leads you to it gives you a cool seed if you do all that that you can take to um uh, this is starting to get wheels turning so you if you go through the thing with um neovend the vending machine and you kill the computer cop and get rid of it. You get this seed thing that you take over to the greenhouse area where they're just growing mushrooms and having a sort of a cool commie commune thing, which was great. I was not expecting that. 
but you get a seed, you got to grow it eventually. It takes a while. You got to do a bunch of stuff to even be able to plant it, and then it grows. And it's like a crown that lets you interface with the the mind of the greenhouse, I guess. Yeah, there's like a sentient computer kind of, or like system, computer system that's in that the greenway, which I think kind of really ties in well with like mushrooms in general, which are always these interconnected kind of diffused but connected um, systems. Yeah, it's, um, I guess mushrooms are kind of a motif. They're the main source of food, maybe the only, like, meaningful source of food um, Mm -hmm. on the eye. And, yeah, maybe, okay, to finish up the thought from before, which we can, I'm just going to say it and then we'll keep going and maybe we'll circle back to it. You know, you kill the internet cop, you get the seed, you interface with the AI that, controls the gardening and stuff and the mushrooms um and then you know not to jump the gun but that allows you to get to an ending where you you know your android brain goes to live in the i guess in the digital world with the with this ai and do digital computer stuff i didn't pick that so i don't actually know but that's basically what it's like so i don't know seems very um pro destruction of security measures um in favor of like a you know in service of achieving a sort of like communal dream uh wonder what that could mean anyways what was the other thing um mushrooms mushrooms as a motif you know let's talk about it because like you said they're this you know it's a lot of separate mushroom caps you know as we see them in the world but Mm -hmm. they are connected through what is it called? The mycelium network. Yes. They're, you know, they're one thing, but they are many things, you know, interconnectivity. It's it's kind of like maybe people, you know. Whoa. We're like individuals, but we're part of a society. Gross. I, I One other thing that I, I really, I mean, there's many things to like about the Greenway and that commune is... Uh, when I first went to the Greenway, when you go, get there, you eventually meet this uh, researcher who's uh, trying to grow mushrooms. And she tells you about how um, when the collapse happened, which was this financial collapse that caused there to be this big kind of overtaking from one owner of the eye to this other owner of the eye and the mushrooms that they were growing um, thrived. They did really well. Everyone thought that they were going to, like, it seems reasonable that if, if you, you're out in space, why would these living plants continue to live? Um, and they did. And it was amazing. And the doctors, the scientists are trying to figure out why. While at the same time, the current owners of the eye are like, this place is going to uh, shut down. Everyone's going to die. Um, we have to just like get rid of this place and sell it for scrap. Um, totally ignoring the fact that there is this very viable way to keep the, the station and the people um, on it alive. Yeah. And if, and if they were willing to um, like encourage that kind of research or like the life, the, the style of organization that is happening in the Greenway, 
that the that the whole place would benefit from it. Yeah, I mean the greenway is far and away the most functional, um, pleasant part of the station. Yeah, it is. What was I going to say about that? Oh, it's also yeah, the whole thing. You know, there's collapse. The the greenway when this researcher, gosh, what's her name? Um, but 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 Rico, um, with a K, Rico. Um, you know, as you're getting to know her, doing work, planting mushrooms, harvesting mushrooms, etc. You talk with her, and she's you know telling you the story about it, and like I guess post collapse, and there's a bit of like catastrophe and bad stuff happening to the space station. And uh, they came back to the Greenway and it was like overgrown or like it was like half overgrown, half desolate, I think, basically. And so Rico and some other people who were like into it were just like put in the love and the work and um, were, you know, rewarded for it. Um, Good thing happen when you, you know, devote yourself to something else. Good thing like growing food for people to eat. Wow. Maybe that's something. Um, but Rico brings me to another thing. It's less about gameplay, and it's not even it's not like even really a facet of the game. Although it kind of comes into focus a couple of times. You know, cyberpunk has an interesting relationship with prosthetics and disability and stuff like that. And so there's a lot of people in this game with prosthetic limbs or eyes or like symbiotic drones that they control and stuff like that and rico just like seems i i don't want to presume too much but is evidently a little like has some sort of disability walks around with a crutch and all of the description of her like motion is you know it's always like move very slowly uh kind of the sleeper occasionally it mentions in the um description you know doesn't have to but like gently is helping her with various things because her mobility is uh limited Mm -hmm. in some way but i mean that's it's just like it's it's matter of fact you know she is a smart um like lovely person and this is Mm -hmm. just a, a thing about it similarly um who is it the kind of the top cop um gosh what is her name <sighs> reading's hard uh Re- rabia rabia oh, yeah. yeah has a prosthetic arm um mm-hmm. and kind of late in her quest you walk in and she's like charging the arm or i think she's doing firmware updates on the arm so it's off and it's just like yeah arm's not there and it it comes into focus because it's a thing that's happening but it's like yeah you probably know a thing or two about kind of weird stuff with your body huh and so i think it's it's a good and somewhat refreshing way to see like this sort of like body modification disability prosthetic stuff presented especially in contrast to stuff like been listening or i do often listen to the podcast a more civilized age about star wars and I didn't need to say that. Whatever. But Star Wars definitely uses okay like plug up podcast you like. <laughs> I'm gonna keep doing it. <laughs> Maybe again in the same episode. Whoa. But um Star Wars. It's the the more civilized age brought this to my attention. I'm usually not that smart. Anyways, Star Wars, you know, really hammers home like having prosthesis and um mechanical body parts as like dehumanization. 
and it mm-hmm. takes you away from being good. Whether it's Darth Vader or General Grievous um, and some other characters, like it's it's a very demonized thing, which is sucks to put it simply. Yeah, when in reality, prosthetics are uh, this amazing technology that uh, can help people um, access things that they wouldn't be able to without those prosthetics. Yeah, gotta love it. And so, yeah, it's not exactly, I mean, it's not a theme in this game, which is kind of a good thing, but it's just something that I noticed and uh, that it's just like, it's just something that is, you know. Yeah, I think this game does a very good way, storytelling wise, of very seamlessly and kind of subtly, you know, building in this characterization, uh, either like visually, because there's not a whole lot of uh, like character visuals. They're they're static images, but you you know you look at all the details and like the you know with with that example of. you know, you see this character with the prosthetic and then without, and it's not a big deal. Uh, and that's a very important kind of uh, way to set up how that character feels about their prosthetics, how the community feels about prosthetics. Um, I think the way that they uh, incorporate and seamlessly tell you things about characters uh, with pronouns, like having another character or just like the descriptions, the, the pronouns are right there. And it tells you a thing about the character. Yeah, that was, you know, that was nice to see as, like, a non-binary person. Uh, again, you know, I could have stood for there to be more of them, but statistically there aren't that many non-binary people. But Sabine, the other person using they-them pronouns, like, it's not it's not like they introduce themselves, like, hey, Sabine, they-them. Um, yeah. Not to say that there's anything wrong with doing that, but it chooses yeah. just like a subtle, this is just happening. And people refer to them as such. It would be pretty shitty if uh, they went out of their way to like be transphobic about it. But it's awesome that they don't do that. Yeah. Uh, just a matter of fact thing. Exactly. And this seems like there's lots of things that are terrible and hard about this world, but it is, it's matter of fact. It just is, is what it is. Uh, and I think the game does a good job of just storytelling wise setting those kind of kinds of things up. Yeah. Seamlessly. Um, let's talk about the bad stuff, not things I dislike. There's precious little that I disliked about this game. But like I, I, I brought this up before, the the people or groups that the game chooses to villainize are interesting to me. Because I talked about um, Rabia, who is effectively like a general of a gang that runs the streets mostly in, you know, on this level that, you know, the regular people exist on. And they're not exactly doing gang stuff like, you know, as we think about it, like shooting people up or what have you. But, you know, they're patrolling. I think they're collecting uh, for... It doesn't seem like a, you know, protection shakedown exactly, but it's like, hey, we do this. We need some money. Yeah. They're able to, like, get things that other people can't get. Yeah, they definitely wield a sort of power there just based on their position. Mm -hmm. So I forget forget what I've talked about on the show so far. It's probably clear by now. Um, I don't care for the police or you know, authority figures in situations where maybe there aren't police that assert themselves as the cop of the situation. So I was inclined Mm -hmm. to dislike uh, 
the whole I, what is this gang called? I should know this. Um, yeah, Yatagan, 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 who knows? Y a t a g a n. Um, mm-hmm. that gang, you know, wasn't into it. They're the cops there, effectively. They're and they're kind of at odds with the common regular people who you mostly interact with. But um, it's a it's a cool storyline with Rabia and Sabine, the doctor, because basically. Uh, what are the spark notes? You got to go to the doctor because you're dying and your body is designed to decay. And after a little while with the doctor, they like slip you a note or something. It's like, hey, come meet me at my apartment. And the th- it's like the thing is basically, hey, I'm, you know, I'm basically indebted to this gang. I feel trapped. I want to get out. Can you help me? And of course, you know, I do. So you do some work, you know, you hack and, like, get some information on the Yadigan agents. And um, Sabine's like, oh, perfect, got it. Okay, give me a couple days to figure this out. You wait a couple days, you come back, and Sabine isn't there, and um, Rabia is there. And she's like, oh, yeah, Sabine really played you, huh? Why don't you come hang out with us and see, you know, what what we're up to because I, th- I think we're not as bad as sabine would have you believe and uh you do that or you can do that of course um just to see where that goes and so again i was um hesitant to be with the cops but wanted to see what happened and it seemed like the only way to advance the sabine thing and also it was mostly just like hey walk around with the cops and just see what's going on to advance this plot line. Uh, gosh, this is already a very long spark notes. Whatever, you realize that uh, maybe it's not so bad. You, you work with them. And Sabine shows back up and is like, hey, I, I got the information. I wasn't trying to screw you. Uh, you know, Rapia, you and the rest of the Yadigan people would probably want to know like how much the people up top are screwing you. And so you get snuck into a position working kind of up with the top guy, the the leader leader. And after doing some work there, you, you know, it's all to put yourself in position to like steal something. It doesn't matter, you know, get into the office, find the, the information. Anyways, it turns out that that guy, the leader was a puppet, like literally had a, They hacked this guy's brain. Used to be a real guy, but the corporation, I think the same corporation that owns the sleeper, is just puppeting this guy to run the gang. Uh, And so, you know, all of that to say, that's that was interesting to me um, (laughs) to like have the gang, you know, be the surface level villain. And then you work your way up and it's like, oh, it's the same. Actually, the, the villain is the same huge corporation that's ruining everything. It's always the huge corporation ruining everything. Yeah. Turns out. But it is. Uh, so, uh, sorry, everybody. Spoiler. Yeah. I might talk more about this later, but um, it reminded me of a song by The Coup called um, Fat Cat's Big a Fish, which is basically the narrator um, is like a just a petty, petty criminal, like steals stuff, scams people. Uh, what have you it's kind of talking a big game about doing stuff as as simple as like you know 
manipulating someone into giving him a free burger and like stealing a bus pass and stuff like that. But um, as the story progresses, he like sneaks his way into this gala event and uh, is posing as a waiter to do some more petty crime. And uh, as he's doing it, he overhears the mayor and some sort of exec for Coca-Cola talking about like, hey, the Coca-Cola person says, hey, mayor, I need you to, you know, recategorize this affordable housing as, you know, stuff for me so that I can make money. You need to drum up some lies about the crime on the street is bad so that they won't want affordable housing in, in this area so that I can benefit from it. And the narrator, you know, upon hearing that is like, wow, I guess I'm not hot. Shit, you know, uh, it's, it's really the, the corporations that are the real crooks. Those dang crooks. Gotta hate them. That's I don't know. The bad guys in this game are corporation. Yeah, I think over and over and over, uh, if you drill down far enough, it's a it's the corporation that's bad, and people reacting and maybe doing things that uh, at their face aren't or like appear to not be good, um, but are either like a reaction to or are within like the context of what they're having to do to survive. Uh, I don't know. When there's this big corporation, you gotta do what you gotta do to live. And it's really ultimately uh, the big bad corporation that's that's the problem. Yeah. So, I mean, it's a straightforward like if you if you just you know if the thesis of the the game is corporations are bad but people are good, uh, and that you know people are surviving somehow, uh, but like why are they having to work so hard is bad. Um, I think that's a pretty straightforward message, but the the story is much more compelling than just corporations are bad the whole time. But that's ultimately yeah, like the, yeah. yeah it's, it's not um, um not nice to reduce it down so yeah so low. Uh, one other thing about like the corporations, uh, not to like that's all we're going to talk about. We've obviously talked about other stuff. Um, is the is this sort of the the longer you play, the like further down the eye you get. Like this, it's this long kind of track. Um, so you're starting uh close to the the hub, which is the or like there's this closer to like the corporate part of the ship, if that makes any sense. Yeah. And you get further and further away, and then you get to to the good part, to the the commune, to the greenway. That physically, you're getting closer to something good the longer you like push your way along the the object that is the the eye. Yeah. So I thought that was kind of fun too. Yeah. I hadn't thought about that. That's that means something. Yeah. I just think it's another kind of layer of good visual storytelling. Yeah. That it's obvious I think that's intentional. Uh that the end of or you know like the for further down the way there is something if you can work, like find your way to it, survive, that there's something kind of better. The game also gives you the opportunity to like leave the eye, but you don't have to. You can just stay in this rad mushroom commune with these people that you've met. So that's also an option. Yeah. All right, we're, we're getting pretty far along in this. So 
I don't want to keep, but we can't, I guess we probably don't want to talk about every facet of this game in what is supposed to be a sort of single episode discussion. But um, we should talk about the endings and stuff. And we should, if there's any other, there's like a couple more things I can think of. And maybe if there's any more like plot line stuff that you have, we can talk about that. Uh, first, I have what is maybe a completely stupid you know, thing that I want to run by you. It occurred to me okay. and I couldn't develop it into a useful thought. But with what you just said, maybe there's something here. Probably not. Mm, but I'm talking okay. now, so I'm going to keep going. Um, and the now. thing is, you know, you progress. There's like there's barriers to getting to different parts of the eye. You got to pay whatever this thing. You got to do a couple of runs of like climbing this thing to be able to get up it, uh, etc. You know, so you have to pay the first time a, a little ferry ship to get you across from the main part of the I station to the Greenway with the commune. And what was a frequent annoyance, because I was going back and forth a lot between the commune area and the main part, because there's a lot to do in the main part, obviously. And you have to click on the ferry and say, go across every time, mm -hmm. every time you want to go back and forth. Um, which I'm pretty sure is just a little bit of wonky design that sh just could have probably been not done. But what if it's some kind of metaphor? A kind of metaphor. I mean, I think it's called a fairy. Um, okay. We have all these like great, like a classic fa fairy uh, would be like the one to Hades. You know, these, like, you're going from this terrible life to a great, like, paradise on the other side. Uh, that could be a metaphor. Is that what you think of when you think of fairies? Or are you just, like, very... It's called a fairy... Well, that's... I mean, the fairy menu... I don't know. I'm I'm trying to follow this metaphor, that's all. I'm I exploring options. I appreciate you working with me here. <laughs> yeah, I mean... Yeah, I guess I... understand I would, you're uh, skeptical of my fairy, but <laughs> it's a great... It's a good fairy. From yeah, that gets you from place to place, and from a bit. I guess I've just been on a lot of ferries that are like you drive your car onto it to get to some yeah. island so, somewhere. But we're talking about metaphorical ferries. True. Yeah, I don't know. I don't think it's anything. But the fact that as you laid it out, you know, getting okay. further wow. from the corporate like hub to the you know commie dream land in the Greenway require there's a physical disconnect that requires you to take an action every single time to you know get across that gap <sighs> maybe there's something there um but it sure was annoying to do it while i was playing this game yeah i mean i think it uh like you said is forcing uh there to be i mean you have to push you have to click to to every time and it is very much you're actively having it the like 0.5 seconds it takes for a little animation to go from like this side to that side. You got to watch it every time. There's not a whole lot of animations in this game. And that's one that you see a lot of times. Yeah. That it is clearly showing that this part is different from that part. Uh. Eventually I moved from the, the place I was. Cause I kept having to go back to like go to sleep. And I was like, what am I doing? This is dumb. Um, I just want to hang out. The, like I'm doing stuff in the commune, and it's better here. You can like yeah. be there, but then you end up having to go back 
to do other stuff. But yeah, you can get there's what is there up to three living places I think uh, you can get. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the commune's a good one. It did. Did you? So I mean, the situation at the commune as communes work. If you don't know this, listener, you you know pull your weight. You do what you can. You know, work for in service of the group, and then you get back your needs. It's, uh, it's a novel idea that my friend Carl has been talking about. Give oh what gosh. you can, take what you need. <laughs> yeah. And you don't have to is an interesting thing. You can just go there and sleep and leave, and you don't have to do work. But there's every the same place that you go to go to sleep. It's like, hey, do your commune work for today? It takes one of your dice actions. Um, and you don't have to do it. And as far as I know, there's no penalty to not doing it. But I did feel mm-hmm. every day that I was like, oh, I'm going to sleep here today. I should do my commune stuff. Yeah. I mean, you don't you don't pay rent at the other place. So, like, I guess if you're like, I don't want to give anyone anything. Haha, that these commune people, um, you know, you, I guess you could, like, decide not to. But it seems only fair that you're sleeping there. And you get to benefit from some of the things that happen there. Um, It's easy enough to to do the the help. Yeah. Which I think is kind of how any of those communities work. Like, they're not going to, like, like harass you or or collect on you. You're like, ah, man, you you slept in our place. Uh, You better better do something about it. There's there's no penalty. Sure. I will say not to be too cynical. But um, uh, having dealt with enough annoying kind of commie, you know, um, communal housing people in real life, I I'm familiar with the situation that sometimes happens where uh, if parts of the commune are displeased with one part of the one member of it, they won't again. They won't force you out. They won't take your money or your stuff. Or in theory, they shouldn't. Um, and usually, they would have a hard time doing that. Because uh, they're not people that are designing their lives to be physically intimidating or violent or anything. But a thing that does happen sometimes is that uh, when some of the commune is displeased with the other people, they'll they'll sit you down and have a really condescending discussion about, I guess, how you're doing colonialism by not washing your dishes. And this sounds like a fucking Babylon B joke or something. Um, something that Elon Musk would say, and I'm sorry about that. But the the thing is, it does happen, because um, as nice as, like, communes and communism is, there's not a great infrastructure, and people are fallible and sometimes selfish and stupid, and even with, you know, the best intentions, uh, sometimes things suck. So it is nice to see in this game it's realized um in a good way that doesn't have all that BS. But I will say that I it is a little I don't know. It's uh it's it's like the dream of what would happen. Yeah. Uh, very I, I feel much like it's dream. much more likely that you're going to have caddy like, "Huh, you're going to you're going to sleep here, you're not going to work, huh?" All right. Sure, whatever. I mean, it's just that everyone else is working in yeah. this place, you know. Uh, that's just kind of like a, I'm not to say that like, I'm an expert on what's ingrained in a human. I'm absolutely not, but that seems, uh, likely to happen and is something that is not happening in the game. So yeah. I think potentially that's for like a more succinct message, 
Yeah. But again, this is a short, like six to eight hour game. Can't can't get everything yeah. in there. And the game's not about the commune only. Like if the game was just you gotta live in a commune. Here's all the inner uh personal benefits and negatives, um, then you would get a more nuanced look at what it is to live on a mushroom commune on a space station. Yeah, probably. So I know a few minutes ago I said that we should get towards the end, but there there's just a lot of good stuff in this game. And um before I even try to talk about the couple of story things that uh still feel worth bringing up. I want to talk about food and housing in this game, which are I don't know, they're cool features and components that, you know, they make it feel very real. Yeah, I don't know. Did you have any thoughts on either food or housing in the game that sort of stick out to you? Yeah, uh, I mean, I think we kind of talked a little bit about housing. Like, there's certain places, there's these three options that you have uh, to live. Uh, you can you you can stay in the place that you got at the very beginning. This uh, just very bare bones storage container. You can live at the commune. Uh, you can build a house. There's this, uh, like, derelict section of the eye that's available and that you can, like, build a structure. And those are three kind of very different options of do you, do you just, like, want this incredibly utilitarian but not very personal? It's um, fairly... It's a storage container. Yeah, it's not, it's not super personalized. It's just a storage container. Um, and is less human than the other options it's more robotic i guess it's more towards like the mm. metal like you're an object kind of place yeah or you can make this thing that's your own that and like the idea of like ownership of a place um if you build a house um or you can be part of this community where it is a shared kind of i mean you have private it's not like you're just in the middle of nowhere in this group but it is part of a community very um clearly yeah, I wonder, does it mean anything? There's arguably no benefit to building your own house, other than that you feel like you're not living in a shipping container, which is something. And you get to see the stray cat, which you can choose to feed every day, which is fun. That is fun. Uh, I mean, I think, yeah, that one is, is I think, about, like, do you want this place that's yours, that you made? And yeah. for some people, I think playing, that might be something that's very valuable to them. That's, like, one way you can go. You know, and the stray cat. Come on. You can yeah, feel it. I love the stray cat. I got, so I didn't get too much into it. Um, and not to brag, because um, as as it came up in Celeste and will just continue to come up, I'm not that much of a good gamer. But um, maybe I'm just, like, super good gamer, it turns out. Because once I got over the hurdle of kind of the initial, you know, figure out the work situation, here's where the food is. Um, there was a very scary couple of bad luck rolls where I couldn't nail the roll to figure out what the hell where anything even was um so a couple of days where i was like well that's my action for today guess i'll figure out where the medicine is tomorrow but uh, once i got past that uh i was cruising not like i was flush with credits or whatever they're called but uh what are they called chits 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 yeah you can chat with people and there's chits chit chat that's great. 
But, you know, I was having a relatively easy time. And maybe I was just getting lucky and maybe I'm just a lead gamer. But likely there's probably something to be said for the fact that there is ostensibly no real benefit to building or repairing and, you know, renovating this um, living space. But there is it's a pretty considerable tax on you. You have to do several actions. Um, It would be, you know. Assuming that you have the scrap just laying around in your inventory, which would be unusual in its own way, you got to get the scrap, you got to do your actions for several days to uh, get that place to where you can live in it. And for nothing, like you get the stray cat and you get the sense of accomplishment. And I guess, is it possible that it's saying, you know, this drive that is instilled in us, at least in America, you know, like home ownership is this great goal that you should be pursuing. And um, it's it's all well and good, but uh, it's not exactly better. And it just drains a lot of your life. Like, I mean, especially in 2023, you're going to own a home. You either need to be lucky or rich or busting your ass. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, I think that's a fair read. I think there's uh i guess i guess one possible other reading is uh that if you decide to build a house on this place then that is me- means you're investing in like staying here um yeah that you wouldn't put in all that like why would you put in all that work if you're just gonna try to jump on a ship to get out of there true yeah but you can similarly get a kind of a connection like if you join the commune then you're part of this community and you're investing your time and yourself, like your life is now connected to this group as well. Yeah. I mean, I put in all the time for the house while I was working with the commune, just cause I kind of wanted to see what would happen. Mm-hmm. And in the end I saw, I just decided to see, I think all of the endings or like, you know, pick one of the choices for all of the ending branches. But for me, the the true ending in my mind was stay and live in the commune, which surprised me a lot. Because at the beginning of the game, I'm like, I gotta get the fuck out of here. This is miserable and sad and people are coming to kill me. Um, and by the end of it, I was like, man, I made friends here. I got my buddy from the spaceship who and his daughter who really wanted to leave, but now they're stuck here and we're we're buddies and i've got my commie commune friends and nico can like synthesize the medicine that keeps me alive from mushrooms this is amazing mm-hmm. i love it yeah no i also ended up just staying at the commune because i was like this is um this is rad all my all the people in the in my that i know period are here because i don't have like or at least within the context of the game you don't have like memories you're not missing anybody you're like all all of the people that I uh want to be around are already here. So why would I go to some place where I'm gonna have to? I'm gonna be in danger again. I'm gonna have all this like it's this unknown when like I know it's gonna be hard here to a certain extent, but like I I want to be part of having this place be a cool place and not a lame place, and uh wanting to be like part of this uh, community, mm. which I think is. Which is, I think, yeah, like a surprising ending, given how disconnected you are from this place at the beginning, how dangerous it seems, how incredibly yeah. bleak. Um, yeah. 
and like hostile in a lot of ways. And you're like, at the end, you're just a, a rad commie eating delicious mushrooms. Hmm. It really makes you think. Wow. Um, related to mushrooms. So we're going to power through this, but I don't like I wanted to talk about food. Food is an integral component of the game um, because it is part of the game is life simulator. And despite the fact that you're a robo person, you need to eat to live. Um, and pretty much all you got is mushrooms. Um, and a great character in this game um, is the street food vendor whose name escapes me. Uh, I've got it here. Emphis. Emphis. Who cooks Love you up a delicious mushroom-based foods. Very, I mean, he's carrying a walk. It's um, It's very, like, street food stuff. I mean, he talks about, like, you know, making dashi and all this stuff. I I especially liked that uh, story for how it in, it interweaves food and storytelling uh, yeah. together. And, it's kind of uh, beautiful. Yeah, and this ritual of uh, spending time with a person and eating good food and talking about yourself and telling stories about yourself. Um, yeah. And how, like, that, that is all connected. Yeah. So this probably, I mean, I don't think this is an original thought or anything, but um, something that occurs to me sometimes is like, you know, whether it's Lord of the Rings or this or whatever, like having food and song and like this really human stuff be integral in your story just like makes it hit so much harder. Um, I do think that that's part of the success of Lord of the Rings, you know, that there's a lot going on there, but just like having it be like really relatable human stuff going on on top of all the, you know, seemingly like life or death stuff. Um, it's really something really makes it hit for me anyway. And yeah, the whole, like if you pursue the whole plot line with emphasis, um, that's like a really, I don't know. I said, we're not going to talk about all the people, but, um, (laughs) you know, just it's gosh, it's a cool thing that it's a component of the game. Like you, you have a very human connection with the like, you know, worker street food vendor who serves you mushroom food and, you know, you swap stories and, um, you know, eventually you learn his sort of tragic backstory and like, again, friggin' corporations like wrecked this guy's whole life basically. Um, but stayed in it and, you know, had the love of uh, nurturing people with this delicious mushroom food. It's it's lovely. Yeah. Yeah. I I also liked how long that story takes to be um, parsed out. Like, you meet him very early on in the game, but you don't really... Like, those things are kind of slowly revealed, and there's a lot yeah. of things that you have to do to actually complete the mission with him. And it's not like a rush, like, oh my gosh, I got to get this done. I really, really got to get, um, but it's this like slow burn. And I was interested in, um, continuing to check in and like, uh, you know, nurture that relationship. Yeah. Okay. Um, gosh, one more thing about food. Um, did you at all, there's an interesting, it is kind of a game mechanic at this point. Um, you can choose to work either like i said about you know work at the commune do your commune stuff and then you get fed because that's how communes work um you put in what you can you get the food and so you know you pretty much need to eat every day so 
you can choose to spend one of your actions doing that and um doesn't cost you any money unlike other ways to get food but it takes one of your you know the limited time you have to do things on this earth and similarly you can choose in any given day to go uh work for the noodle delivery restaurant um Mm -hmm. that doesn't really pay much compared to other things you can do but again it does feed you yeah or you can sunbathe yeah, that's, I never got that perk, but that's cool. Uh, and it, but it doesn't, it doesn't feed you as well as these other uh, things. It, like it doesn't give you as much charge always. Or, but you, I mean, you're paying. For, uh, I don't know. You're paying with your actions, so it's like, how do you want that uh, to like get you? And it doesn't get you quite as long. But if if you got a sunbathe, that was an option also, because your skin yeah. is photosynthesizing light that's fun that's pretty cool as a concept and i guess it's kind of maybe you know we could like say it's analogous to if you were to spend you know the hours of your day gardening you know it's not as like time efficient as walking around the corner and buying a bowl of noodles to eat Mm -hmm. but you know it is you can just rather than spend your money spend your time and uh get a sort of similar end uh my my thought was i guess did did you find yourself at any point doing the like kind of cost benefit comparison of like well i've got to do i can do this many things today and i gotta eat and whatever i'm trying to move the story forward i should even though it's not the most profitable thing go work a shift at the noodle place so that i can you know make a little scratch and get this food thing dealt with yeah i think i mean i was i don't know i was a little scatterbrained when playing this game and not like totally disorganized but um like sometimes i would decide to to because i'm like oh i need money now so i'll go do this or um i don't really need money i just want to be done with this cycle so i'll just sunbathe or i want to like continue to like grow this relationship with i don't know so i was like fairly at certain points doing different things which i'm again may not be the right way to play because i'm not the elite gamer that you are that's fair uh very few people can be uh it's impossible really yeah if we think about it um you know there's another cool thing with the bar and you can get in with the bar and you start working shifts at the bar and eventually you get in tight with the bar owner who makes whiskey you do a whole mushroom whiskey quest that's pretty cool i didn't finish that one yet it's nice um nice you just help people and in the end you you make someone happy that's nice um but we can't dwell on everything okay we should um there's a lot y'all should play this game and find out all the stuff that we didn't even remember to talk about because there's a lot going on in this game yeah, you're gonna you're gonna email or message us or whatever, and you're gonna say, "I can't believe you or didn't talk about mail. Fang." And oh, Fang, Fang. So okay, I'm gonna say let's. I'm at least going to pick one more leg of thing that I want to talk about, mm-hmm. and you can too, if you want. I you don't. Have I want to. I want to fess up to uh, a thing I feel guilty about with Fang. Okay. Um, <laughs> But you could go first, so I'll talk about Fang. <laughs> okay, it's great to know that you're going to talk about Fang, because I've got plenty of thoughts about him. 
Um, and it ties in uh, to part of what I was going to say. Ethan, the bounty hunter who is sent after you. Oh, and Ethan. <laughs> so Ethan, like I said, bounty hunter works for the corporation that owns your body. Mm-hmm. Pretty sicko stuff there. And yet somehow I end up feeling for Ethan. Um, Me too. Bit. Oh, I felt. I felt so bad for this guy. He was a mess. Yeah, really. Just they did a good it. job of him. I don't know. I, anyways, I keep interrupting. I just it's okay. Ethan. I mean, I've been talking too much. Um, <laughs> Ethan. So that's one of the few like clocks that I felt pressure on, or two of them really. Because so there's a clock that's like it doesn't say this, but it's the clock that Ethan's coming for you, and that ticks down, and eventually Ethan comes for you. And I didn't plan my time well enough to, you know, get rid of the tracker that he was using to find you before that happened. So mm-hmm. he found me um, and I was like, oh, what am I going to do? And again, this game being very um, forgiving or I mean, this is also just the story it's trying to tell. But, you know, he doesn't just dome you, uh, doesn't just take you in right there. He's like, hey, um, this is pretty easy. And I'm on a fun space station that uh, has some people I like here. So here's what I'm going to do is I'm going to, like, extort you. I'm going to go sit at the bar and get drunk all day. And you're going to pay my tab. And then I won't take you in. How does that sound? Great. Sounds great. Sounds pretty bad, actually. That was a a real (laughs) annoyance for me. Um, And another one, the clock on his, you know, it's every few days. It's like, you got to pay the tab. And so that clock Mm -hmm. was um, a bit concerning for me. Uh, And, you know, it was like, it's whatever, like 50 chits. um, And I've got, you know, I'm I'm not. You got to work hard to get that many chits. I got. Yeah, that that's a that's a good chunk of chits. Um, Mm -hmm. And so this this and a situation with Fang, I think they are maybe the only two times I sort of chose a violent thing to do. In this game, and uh, among the only like options for a violent thing, because eventually, you know, you pay the tab, you do whatever, um, and if you're like me, you're kind of sick of Ethan's shit, so you're like, "Hey, I'm done with this." And he's drunk. He's at the bar, and I guess he drops his gun, and you can pick it up and point it at him and be like, "Hey, we're done here." And there's kind of like a standoff, tense situation. Um, and it gives you a few options, like a few times where you can choose, wait, see what happens, wait, see what happens. And eventually I did pull the trigger um, and was <sighs> going to end Ethan's life. Oh, my God. <laughs> and what happens then, spoilers, is that uh-huh. uh, yeah, yeah, there's yeah, no yeah. bullets in the gun. And oh. he's like, the uh, bartender oh, took him away because he's stinker. a drunk guy with a gun. And the bartender was like, <laughs> oh, that's yeah. Right. yeah. I remember so, that part. He's like, ah, gotcha, grabs the gun, smacks you in the face with it, and is like, oh, well, after all that, I guess I'm going to take you in. And then he, like, looks at his phone or whatever, and he's like, these motherfuckers canceled my contract. Mm-hmm. And that's sort of the ruin of him. Which, again, so, gosh, he's very much the bad guy in your life, as he's a bounty hunter who's going to ruin you. But um, he's sort of, you know... Uh, a pawn and kind of a victim of this corporation again. Yeah. I mean, he's also, once that contract gets canceled, he's stuck. He's not going to get paid for that. He's, and he's been 
uh, kicked out of the bar because uh, he's been just drunk forever. Yeah. So he's a mess. He is, uh, uh, I don't know. I felt for him par- partially because he's so pathetic, but he is mm-hmm. also vulnerable to these outside forces, just like you're vulnerable to outside forces. And yeah, it is, you know, pathetic is the word. He comes to you after the contract is canceled and it's like, well, you know, you think you're done, but I think he says something like, oh, it's it's not over here or whatever, you know, that type of thing. Mm-hmm. Um, and he comes to you looking very much worse for wear and is like tries up. to ally with you, basically. He's like, hey, I can help you. They're going to send another guy, a scary guy, um, and you should, uh, we should team up. You probably need protection. I'll, pr- I'll protect you, yeah. I've got gun and I know how to use it. Um, and I think what happens if you go that route, which would have been really sad, is that um, the the second assassin who comes is like a freaking Terminator ass scary guy who yeah. just ices Ethan. Um, I don't know what happens after that, but that would have been sad. It was also pretty melancholy that what I did do is I got Fang to get rid of my tracker and then Ethan's just gone when you go check in. And yeah. Uh, so you have any more so, Ethan thoughts? Yeah. So I did the that whole storyline so poorly. <laughs> oh. Um yeah. So what I did and I don't remember all the steps, but what ended up happening is uh I did not find uh Ethan's gun. I did not find my tracker in time. <laughs> um oh. I was not on top of these things at all. Uh so what ended up happening and when Fang goes and he's like doing his uh hacker thing in the matrix of the ship there's some like hacking you have to do to like make sure it that fang is gets out yeah so (laughs) this is absolutely not how this should go uh but or i mean it is a way it's fine that it went this way but uh i timed this so poorly that by the time the second bounty hunter shows up uh, like he showed up. I did not get this done before oh, he showed gosh. up. So he shows up. I'm in the middle of trying to get Fang out of this thing. I don't do that. So I'm like, Ooh. oh no, Fang's dead. I'm dead. Everybody's dead. Ethan shows up and is like, hey loser, you forgot about me. You're this nerd is showing up. He shoots me. <laughs> um, and then the bad guy shows up and shoots Ethan. <laughs> And then, oh, what happens after that? I, you wake up, you get saved by people that essentially, like, barely bring you back to life. You're breaking down. Uh, turns out, miracle, Fang gets out. Well, he doesn't get out. He's alive. And you uh, spread the message. So everybody sees that the corporate bad guy is is being secretive. And, and he's going to sell the place for scrap. Yeah. So everyone's like... So Fang lives, but is beaten up. Uh, you live, right. but are beaten up. Ethan does not live. Uh, yeah, so I guess I'm the... glad that Ethan didn't get killed in my <laughs> world. But I know I felt I did it bad. There's a bad way to do it. If I did it. So yeah, I mean, but it happens, but man. I will say I will say that um, it. I think the game could have been way bleaker with that whole series of events. So. Yeah, again, it was very, like, humanist and surprisingly um, nice. 
This is a, just a very yeah. surprisingly nice game. It is. Again, you alluded to, so maybe we can transition into Fang Talk. Garrity kind of started it. Um, and uh, that's another one where, like, you know, that's the enemy. The bad guy is this corporate you know, sleazeball who's going to sell out the whole station. That sucks. I hate that. Yeah, and so does Fang. Yeah, Fang, really not a fan. What are your other thoughts on Fang? Well, I was mostly want to talk about how guilty I was for not supporting my my boy Fang. Um, But he's like your bestie, kind of. I don't know. (laughs) That's kind of how I feel about Fang always. In that he's super enthusiastic and he's got these like I'm going to figure it out. You and me, we're going to, we're going to like overtake this whole corporation. Um, I've been here. Like my family was here, got betrayed by this whole thing. And he, I think very much, at least like the way I experienced it, um, treats you like, like, Oh man, that's so cool that you can do this hacking stuff. You're like really good at that. Um, and you can help me do this. And like, we're going to work together. And I think kind of deals with you in a, in a different way than some of the characters and that he's not like creeped out by you or essentially trying to like get something out of you or like use you as a worker. He's like, we're allies and we're going to make this thing happen. Yeah. And I thought, which is why I felt even worse when I was like, I accidentally betrayed you Fang. I mean, that Fang thing was a tough needle, you know, that was, that was one of the more high pressure. Got to get some good dice on this one points in the game. Yeah. True. Um, blah, 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 blah. yeah, thanks. So the other time that I chose violence in this game, um, the first time you get through some stuff with Fang, you're going through his quest line. Um, and eventually he's like, I got him. I got the corpo sleaze bag, whatever, you know, this is where he's going to be. We're going to go confront him. And so you go with him and you do that. And this guy is doing sort of infuriating like obfuscating sort of corporate talk and like oh i'm i'm not evil blah 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 and you know it's getting increasingly tense um i think fang tries to get security because it's like get this guy he did something that sucks and of course the corporate guy's like no i'm the rich guy how about you get him and so you're like surrounded by security people um, I think they're they've pulled a gun on Fang, and I sat at that choice for a while. It's like, what do you do? Uh, talk Fang down, whatever. One of the options is go for the gun, and I did sit looking at that for a considerable amount of time. And I was like, I mean, like you said, Fang is our bestie. I love this guy. Yep. I love his enthusiasm. Yep. Um, yep. So I did choose go for the gun. Um, oh, which was, no, what happened? Of course, a horrible <laughs> idea. But nothing what? bad happened, because immediately okay. what happens is it's like you are you you start to reach for the gun and Fang grabs you by the shoulder. And it's like, let's get out of here. Let's leave these losers Aww. or whatever. And so that's so you know, sweet. Like you you can calm him down or you calm or like he calms you down or vice versa. That's adorable. Awful did thing. you in this instance I assume you didn't go for gun. I did not go for gun. Does he I, go for gun or anything, or is it the same basically thing? I'm gonna be a hundred with you. I can't remember what happened. That's fair. <laughs> but he lived. We all lived. That's yeah, not that's when good. I almost killed him. Sure. Yeah. So. Um 
It's I don't know. Again, so the choices for violence in this game um end up with not violent things happening, really. Yeah. Yeah. And it seems to kind of forgive you for having those impulses. Yeah. I like I enjoyed the choices that they gave you as far as like those little actions or dialogue choices kind of throughout the game uh when it was like violence or when it was doing nothing like not saying anything being silent um or waiting kind of the sometimes like being silent was read as passive aggressive which sometimes it was or sometimes silence was read as like you're just kind of listening which encourages the other person to talk um and like divulge something so i thought that was um I think the writing in general in this game is really good. Oh yeah, one of the better written games I think I've ever yeah. seen. I th- I think the the actual like quality of the writing, like the descriptions, the imagery, the metaphors, all the writing writing stuff um is way better than a lot of your typical dialogue tree stuff. Not to say that there's not good writing in a lot of video games, uh, especially more and more these days. But for a game that's a lot of text, um, it's it's really nice. And each of the characters speaks differently um, and has a, a certain kind of f- different feel in the writing, mm. which can be um, like it's hard to f- to like really pin down, but you f- kind of feel it a little bit. I think as you're as you're going through it, um, which I really appreciate it as well. So. Yeah, yeah, really nailed it. I usually I don't read much. Um, I honestly have a hard time reading anything. I think my brain don't work good, but I guess that's a testament to how good this game is. Uh, yeah. How good the writing is. Um, yeah. Anything else about Fang? I just love him, and I, and, I, and I love him, even though I'm really sorry for what I did. Yeah. So. <laughs> Fair enough. Or, d- or right. didn't do. <laughs> Um, okay, this is, this is, it's just gonna, this is gonna be a long one episode, but um, there's a lot going on in this game. Dense game. Mm -hmm. Let's get into the endings. I'm sorry, we're not gonna get in detail about freaking Caster or freaking Bliss and Moritz, and we'll probably talk a little bit about Lem and Mina in the ending stuff. Because that was an interesting sort of ending situation. But whatever. Um, They're all great. I love all of them in their own special way. But endings. So we both kind of favored the, you know, Kami Greenway situation, which is nice and unexpected. Um, And there's other interesting ones. So, okay, the briefest thing about... Lem and his daughter, whose name I remember, it's Mina. I just said it. Uh, he work on spaceship. They're building a big spaceship to take everybody away. Uh, he's trying to enter a lottery to get on it, to go to a new planet, so that he and his little daughter don't have to live on a space station their whole lives. Talks very favorably about, you know, being able to experience weather and stuff. Mm-hmm. And, of course, he gets screwed by the corporation. He... You know, nobody actually ends up getting in that lottery to go on the ship um, or nobody who thought they were. And so, you know, that really hurts this guy um, because he had put a lot of stock in this. And you can choose at the end to um, 
finesse some stuff, work with the caster who's like a, a hacker information broker type guy and get some passes to get you and Lam and Mina on that ship and to, you know, go live the dream, which I sort of pursued just to see what would happen. Um, and it turns out you could have just uh, like Caster makes it contingent on you got to go with them. I want you there because you're a robo hacker person uh, and I need I need your particular set of skills. Um, <laughs> but I think you can just somehow abandon it the last second. Let Lem and Mina go because uh, that's what they wanted. I did. I was surprised that I found myself like, well, I want to stay here. Mm-hmm. I don't want to go, and I don't really want them to go, because um, we're friends now. Yeah, I think that is um, the this this crafty writing that you're that they set up the situation that both like the relationship with this uh, father and daughter is is compelling, and they're lovely, and you and you want them to be happy, and their reasoning for wanting wanting to leave is very reasonable. Um, and is, is out of love, right? It doesn't really seem like he's like, I'm going to make it rich and we're going to, you know, have the most luxurious life. It's like, we want weather. Like, that's a very lovely thing that to, to give your child. But on the other hand, you're like, I don't want to go. I got other, I got other relationships that I want to keep here. <laughs> what, don't you want to live in this commune with all the mushrooms? <laughs> guys don't you don't you they should they should it is nice at the end so like i felt pretty conflicted about kind of um making a decision for them that was very explicitly working against kind of their stated goal of leaving and i made the decision that they should stay but you know the writer as always giving us a little bit of grace is like oh yeah and you know you chose for them to stay but it turns out like Mina's going to preschool down the hall and she's making friends with the other kids or whatever. And Lem's got a new job and things are looking up. Things are looking up. Yeah. And they were signing up for a life of, I think they said, at least a couple decades on this ship traveling to another planet. So crazy. That sounds not great, but no, you know, sometimes you got to do tough stuff, I guess. Yeah, but you could do easier stuff and live on a commune with the mushrooms oh yeah wouldn't that be nice wouldn't Uh, that be nice other endings uh uh, kind of alluded to them you know there's basically the choice with the commune stuff you can either just choose to stick around in the commune or uh kind of become one with the ai consciousness which is i don't know it's kind of zen yeah, kind of zen, but again, it's like leaving, I don't know, it's like such a human and humanist kind of game that uh, I don't even like people, but I felt bad about leaving all <laughs> these little fake people behind. Yeah, but I think it's an interesting option in that it's very much as a, this character that you're playing as is somewhere, is connected to computers more than a human te- is naturally. Um, but is also very human. And instead of, like, I guess this may be an oversimplification, but if on one end, the most human thing you can do is live on the commune with the mushrooms, or you can, like, lean towards that computer, uh, like, abandoning the body, 
kind of ending. I think it is mm. interesting that the game starts with, do you think about your plan or do you think about your body at the very beginning? Yeah. That there's one where you're, the body is central to you and your, and your, and your drives. Um, and the other is, is less connected to the body is related to, but is um, not the primary thing that you have other things that you're interested in and uh, going towards. Yeah. <laughs> Whoa. Uh, I don't know. A lot of smart stuff happening. Um, other ending stuff we want to talk about. Mm, yeah. What are the other options? You can just leave. You can. Yeah. You can get, get on the ship there. with bliss and uh, what's her name? Go, I guess, you know, do cool. Is it even mercenary work if you're throwing down your guns? It's more like you're just gonna do rad stuff, adventures, yeah, just do cool, peaceful cool adventures. adventures in space, which is a totally rad way to do it. It's more about that small group and like you personally wanting to do something outside this place, uh, being untied to like a physical location. You know, always traveling. Yeah, that's so. I, I don't know. Part of the magic of this game, and it's something that's, you know, real in my life about, you know, um, I guess where to be, where to go. And like, I don't know, the decision to stay somewhere um, and, you know, choose like community in some way or another, rather than I think a lot of people our age and uh, a lot of people in history have had the impulse to like go around, you know, move here and there and see different stuff and whatever and i definitely think that a lot but um it made me feel you know or highlighted my real life uh feeling of like it's good to like choose to put down roots somewhere and mm -hmm. like know people and all that good community stuff yeah and i don't think the game necessarily is like this is the right ending like you have oh, yeah. to get or, to yeah. that commune with those mushrooms it's a totally valid and great option to go off and do adventures. Yeah. That's rad as heck. Yeah. Certainly. Um, so. yeah, I don't but think I, there are it, other endings. Sorry. I think those Boy. are the broader, bigger. Yeah. If there's different ones. But those are like the directions you can go in. Yeah. Um, basically. Yeah. So, okay. Wrapping this up. Usually it's like we try to um, sort through some of the stuff that happens and what's the meaning of it all. This game, given that it's like a, a story with a clear motivation and stuff, pretty easy. Um, our takeaways from this, it's going to be one of the many times that we put down on the list. Capitalism, bad. Capitalism is bad. Corporations. Commune, good. Bad. Corporations, bad. Bad. Commune, good. Mushrooms, Com delicious. Mushroom, good. Community, good. People, mm -hmm. People are better than you give them credit for sometimes. And a lot of them are good. Yeah. Um, having patience with people is often rewarding. Yeah. All that good Make stuff. Make sure you get your shit done before the bounty hunter comes and tries to kill your friend. Yeah. Yeah. You know, that is an important lesson. And all this, like, free spirit, commune living stuff, <laughs> it's important to remember there's some stuff you got to get done. You it's usually not work. a yeah. bounty hunter, but sometimes it is. Yeah. And it's not that, like, living in the commune is no work. It's, uh, or that doing these different things are, yeah, like, it's just you're, you're living in luxury and 
you kick back and nothing happens. You got to do stuff. You got to work. Yeah, that's what Britney Spears said. Yes. Like her. Yeah, Anyways. thank you, Britney. Um, okay. Yeah. That's that. That's that. I wanted to introduce a segment this time that <laughs> we're already going way too long, so we're going to breeze past this, but um Yes. Segment of, you know, I mean, we're already kind of been doing it stuff that's good, and I just wanted to more explicitly make it pairing with this particular video game. So I already said before Boots Riley, The Coup, I mean that song Fat Cat's Big of Fish, that's a good one. That whole record Genocide and Juice, good. All of his records are good. The movie made Sorry to Bother You is good. Um I would say <laughs> go soak up that guy's whole oeuvre if you're into commie mm-hmm. shit. He is one of the best in the game. I'm going to do a good thing that's related to mushrooms and okay. space. I like Star Trek. Uh. That's the thing about me. And you can feel however you feel about me now that you know this, but I do. I like it. Uh, in the new, like the most, like the new rece- Discovery, the Discovery okay. one, the ship can go through space using this mycelium network. And oh. it's a network that's like throughout the universe. And they just move from one point in the mycelium network to another by like cool. communicating with the mycelium network. And that's rad to me. Sick. I love that. So yeah. that's a cool awesome. thing that Star Trek did with space and mushrooms. Thanks, Star Trek. Um, you don't have to do a second thing, but I just occurred to me another second thing that I probably should have mentioned more during the show, but it's relevant now still. If you're into like TTRPGs and kind storytelling that, you know, is very considerate of real world stuff and feelings and whatever um and has a lot of love in it friends at the table another austin walker joint the guy who's in friggin more civilized age he also is the uh i guess gm dm of all the games in friends at the table really good series really good stories often very funny good people good stuff i love that why did um, I want to talk about that last week? What were we talking about last week? What was the last game? Celeste. No, Papers, Please. Oh, that's right. Oh, my gosh. Never mind. I'm sorry. Please cut that out. Or keep it in. Don't you yeah, love it in idiot. podcasts when they say they're going to cut it out, but they don't cut it out? Now I'm curious if I have to cut it out, because I... F- it's now we're talking about it, but also I right? forgot the thing that got us on this route to begin with. I don't remember what we were talking about because obviously I totally forgot an entire episode that we recorded. Um, I mean, That's not fine. actually, but you know, a lot of people are going to do that. <laughs> Whatever. I forget the thing that I had to say about friends Sorry. at the table and stuff. It's good. It's good. I like it. It's good. Um, you should listen to it. What's another uh, good were you thing? about to say another thing? It's not related to anything we've been talking about, but I've been listening to Charo, uh, like the, the guitar player lady um and i i think as a kid to me she was this frog in thumbelina the animated movie and i didn't know that she's actually really really good at playing guitar so i found that very good <laughs> wait who this week charo c-h-a-r-r-o oh she's the silly one <laughs> She's a silly one, but she's silly good at guitar. 
Huh, I didn't even know that. Okay. <laughs> she play she just playing and playing and playing and singing and playing. But also is this care like this goofy, lovely, like entertainer person. But I didn't realize this whole time she was very talented. <laughs> and I Still felt figure. and I was like, that's really good that I learned that and that she's very good at that. So Thanks, Chara. Thanks, Chara. <laughs> Well, um, that's probably going to do it for us. Uh, sorry that this was an extremely long episode. Um, or you're welcome. Yeah, whatever. You don't have to listen to it. Yeah. No, Who, there's No one's it. listened to this now. Yeah. This far in. Yeah, probably not. Um, but if for some reason you are, thank you, as always. Thank um, you. If you think that we're wrong or right or have some other thoughts about this game or any game, get at us. I'll probably get the register the email as soon as I'm done talking. Uh, Pac-Man Search for Meaning at gmail.com or Pac-Man Search for Meaning on Instagram. Uh, one of these days we're going to have to make a friggin' co-host account or mastodon or whatever mm-hmm. tiktok those sound so stupid gross tiktok's gonna get banned like tomorrow <laughs> you said that last time oh, still not. <laughs> um yeah well thanks everybody thank you Lo- love you B- b- uh, bye bye, bye.